Happy game day, Seattle hockey fans. We take on the St. Louis Blues today at Climate Pledge Arena. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Winnipeg win, which was a big one for a few reasons. And we'll talk about World Juniors, that and more on this game day episode of Locked on Kraken. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to a Tuesday episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I'm sorry I missed you yesterday. Actually, got stranded in St. Louis. I thought about staying, but nah, had to come home, get home for the holidays. Uh, I will not be traveling for the rest of the year, so I'm super excited about that. But the Seattle Kraken take on the St. Louis Blues, and it's going to be a big one, folks. We got a win over Winnipeg. I'm super excited about that. Let's take you to these game notes that were sent over by the Seattle Kraken. For those watching on YouTube, you can see everything up on the screen. For everyone else, I'll walk you through it. St. Louis Blues, that's tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And, of course, you can catch all of the action on KJR 93.3. Overall record, we are sitting at 17-10-3 with 37 points. 15-15-1 for the St. Louis Blues. Now, they had a pretty big win yesterday, but um, we are getting them uh, on a back-to-back. Now, we've talked about this before. Yanni Gord doesn't really like talking about back-to-backs. Neither does Dave Haxtell because we have to take care of business. And this was actually something that um, I prepared off of the Winnipeg. Let me come out of here. T- that I prepared coming off of the Winnipeg win is that if you heard Dave Haxtell talk, he talked about not believing so much in momentum, but believing in determination and that that is a factor that will roll over from game to game. Now, I can tell you, as we were in our little skid, there wasn't much determination rolling over. And I hope that with that win, a solid win that we got over the Winnipeg Jets, that we can roll over some that, some of that determination in the way that we played. I think it's also worth noting, and I know I said I'd get to the Winnipeg win, but it helps us set up for St. Louis. I think it's also worth noting that we got Schultz back. We got Alexiak back. So a few things here and there. And yes, Grubauer did get the start. So although I'm still shifting slightly more towards Martin Jones, I told you that my biggest thing was giving some consistency to whomever is going to be our starting netminder. So we'll see what happens today. I'm recording before the Seattle Kraken hit the ice. So you'll have to follow along with Locked on Kraken on social media for us to get a a determination of who's going to get the start. Um, Again, I'd be surprised if it's not Grubauer. I don't know if there's something going on with Jonesy, but I guess we'll have to keep keep up to date with what uh, Dave Haxtell's saying. All right, anyway, let's get back to these numbers. Our home record, 8-6-2. 
I want us to get a little bit better there. The away record for the St. Louis Blues, they're just a, a smidge over 500. In our last four games, we are 500. They are at 4-5-1. and one. Leading scorer for us, of course, is Berkey. And they've got two players with 28 points, the St. Louis Blues. Power play, not particularly great for either team. Penalty kill, same situation. So for Seattle, some of that determination, some of what worked included <sighs> Eberly. Eberly. Oh, Eberly looked so good in that game. Also, Ryan Donato, you know, my boy, Ryan Donato. I've got to talk about Ryan Donato. As a matter of fact, let's hear from Donnie Boy. This is after the Winnipeg win. Ryan Donato talking to media. A pretty hard road trip. Come back here and get such a hardworking win like that. No, it's definitely good. Obviously, a little bit of a, a slow start, but um, uh, Groovy kept us in it, made a couple big saves. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's good to see. Three goals in three games, what's so working for you? No, I've been saying to the guys, uh, for me, it's just keeping faith. Uh, I always go back to my religion, but with those tip goals, those can easily find a way to stay out of the net, too. So for me, uh, I just keep my faith and continue to work hard, and hopefully, good things like that happen. What was it like uh, having Andre in your line tonight? I mean, he uh, he holds onto the puck and makes a lot of good plays. So for me, um, if I can four-track and create some turnovers for him and get him the puck, I know that he's going to get me uh, if I get open. So uh, for me, playing a guy like that, it's definitely uh, good, and hopefully uh, we can continue to build chemistry. What was your reaction to, to Jordan's goal? It was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I always joke with him about his backhander, but with that, it's hard to, hard to give him a hard time about it. That was a, a pretty nice backhand for sure. So that was Ryan Donato. A few things that he meant was asked about his scoring um, kind of streak here. He scored three goals in his last three games. Now, if he is to score tonight against St. Louis, uh, that would be four consecutive goals in four consecutive games. And that would be the first time in his career. Donato has totaled seven points in his last seven games against the Blues. So the numbers would work out for Donnie boy. Yanni Gord is who got Donato that feed. He talked about it being a tip in just really great, excuse me, um, hand-eye coordination. Now, Yanni Gord coming into this game against the St. Louis Blues has six points. He has one goal, five assists in his last six games. That goes back to December 6th versus Montreal. An assist today would give Yanni Gord an assist in five consecutive games, extending his career best assist streak. So Yanni getting up in the defense and creating for other people is fantastic. According to natural stat trick, uh, since November 13th, when Beneers, Eberly, and McCann came together as a line, uh, the Kraken are outscoring opponents 15 to three, outshooting them 80 to 68, and have a 78 scoring per and have 78, excuse me, scoring chances. Um, and that is compared to their opponents 54. So that's a pretty good line we have seen, and even, um, Ryan Donato just now alluded to the fact that we are seeing the Kraken lines get switched up a little bit. Some of that is just due to injuries, some of that. It's trying to get different guys going. But another thing that we have seen is Jordan Eberly just really crush it. And coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we're going to hear from Jordan Eberly after the win against Winnipeg. Now, he's going to talk about a few things. Um, 
including, of course, World Juniors. But we're also going to talk about an article from the Seattle Times talking about his backhander. You heard Ryan Donato say that it's absolutely filthy. So we're going to talk about backhanders through the eyes, of course, of our guy, Everly. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the College Bowl to, of course, the National Hockey League. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which, of course, you do, you're listening to Locked on Kraken on the Locked on Network, baby. You can find those on Bet Online as well. Bet Online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website by using your mobile device, your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got. That's because Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken part of your daily routine. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. Now, in the first segment, I kind of did a maj page of talking about the Winnipeg game and the St. Louis game. The Winnipeg win was huge. As I mentioned, Ron Francis, excuse me, Ron Francis, Dave Haxtell mentioned in his, as I talked about in the first segment, Dave Haxtell mentioned that he doesn't really believe in momentum carrying over from game to game, but that determination does. And what I loved about his comments in the last couple of days is also that Dave Haxtell is not really buying into the hype of the Seattle Kraken, kind of following trends in the NHL regarding scoring. Uh, I should say it like this. He's aware of those trends, and there are reasons for those trends, but for the Seattle Kraken, and I love that he said this, he felt that wins against Winnipeg, those one-goal games, those are the kind of games that this team is going to have to win. And I could not agree with him more. We talked about this on the podcast before. We need big-time wins. We need to win close games. This is what the next phase, the evolution of the Seattle Kraken is going to be like. For us, we really got to push the envelope. And that's why coming into tonight, I want to see a big win for this Seattle Kraken team. You have to play teams that are in kind of your, your weight category. And if we look league-wide overall, um, and we're looking at the standings, we see that the Seattle Kraken have slid a little. I mean, we have some losses, so that's not surprising. We've slid down to 15. So getting wins against Washington was huge. We've got the Islanders that will be coming up. We've played Colorado pretty well. Um, so just from 10 to, to 20 right now is Pittsburgh. We know how we've played against them. L.A., Minnesota, the Islanders, the Caps, Seattle at 15, Colorado Avalanche at 16, the Edmonton Oilers at 17, Buffalo at 18, 19 is Calgary, and 20, Florida. So that's kind of who league-wide we're looking at. If you look at the conference and where the Seattle Kraken are, and again, that, that losing skid didn't do us any favors, but if you look at the Western Conference, the Seattle Kraken are sixth. We're right ahead of Colorado, Edmonton, Cal Calgary, and St. Louis. So that's seven through 10. We're at six. 
So St. Louis is behind us in the Western Conference standings. I want to see us play well against this team. The St. Louis Blues have a, a minus 15 goal differential. We're sitting at a plus seven. So I want to see the offense get going against this team. Uh, and then if we look at now, this made me chuckle because I'll show you in a minute, but we, of course, at locked on NHL or the locked on NHL portion of the locked on podcast network, we did our big, bad, bold predictions for the division. And let's just say the division is nothing it looks nothing like what we thought. Right now in the division, I'll read off one through eight to you. Vegas at one, the LA Kings at two, the Seattle Kraken at three, Edmonton at four, Calgary at five, Vancouver at six, San Jose Sharks at seven, and Anaheim at eight. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull this up for you. Now, you're probably hysterically laughing because the Pacific Division rankings uh, post-draft and free agency are nothing like what we see. Um, well, the Sharks are still pretty much down there, but we had, as a collective network, voted Edmonton at one, Calgary at two, the Kings at three, the Canucks, the Canucks at four, the Vegas Golden Knights at five. They've led the, the division since the puck dropped on the season. Anaheim at six, the Seattle Kraken at seven, and the San Jose Sharks at eight. Now, I told you I thought it would be great if Seattle was vying for that five spot. I did not know that we'd be holding on to like the two, three position. This is amazing. What's it going to take for us to keep that? It's going to take that determination. It's going to take feeling comfortable winning these one goal games and a little bit of skill. And that's where Eberly comes into play. We're going to get into his thoughts on world juniors coming up in just a bit. But this is a story that I saw by Jeff Baker. It's entitled, Why Kraken's Jordan Eberly is Among the NHL's Better Backhand Goal Scorers. Um, so, and, it, and he was actually, if you listen to the audio from postgame, he's talking about the... Um, the stick blade and the d different curvatures and stuff like that. And so this is what he had to say regarding his stick blade. Um, I would say 95% of players nowadays, they have a big hook. Eberly said Monday after practice, referring to the more curved stick blades that make strong backhand shots difficult. Whereas for myself, I have a pretty straight curve, which is rare. I can think of a few others. There's me, Sidney Crosby uses a straight curve. There are minimal guys in the league that use a straight curve now. So it's something about the physics, the dynamics that makes it great. And if you didn't see this backhander, it's absolutely beautiful. And not only is it a backhander. So if I'm, if I'm Eberly, he he's getting the puck, he's receiving the puck from behind him. There's a defender right behind him instead of going and switching this way and then going into the puck, which you wouldn't want to do with a defender right on your back. He not only is able to get that on his backhand. So then he's protecting the puck from the defender. That's right there. Cause if, if this is the puck and this is his blade, that 
could easily be poked away. So he's letting the puck come to him, and then he puts his blade here, and that's where the backhand motion comes in. And so they called it a, like a spinorama, I think, on NHL. So he lets the puck come. He's protecting it the whole way, and then he has enough strength and skill to once he starts getting here, he's teeing himself up. I know some of you listening on audio, you probably are like, what is she doing? I'm I'm literally reenacting uh, Jordan Eberle's goal from the other day, our first goal against Winnipeg. So he's using his body now as a shield. There's a defender behind him. The puck is protected on his blade because he's going for that backhand. So it's going to be extremely difficult for the defender behind him now that he's using his shoulders to shield. It's going to be very difficult for them to poke that away. And all the more reason why as he's coming into the backhand motion, he's got to get that backhander off pretty quickly so that now as the puck is exposed to the defender who could easily poke it away now that we're on the other side of his body, he can lift, he lifts the puck and shoots it into the goal. As Ryan Donato said, filthy. I mean, I know that y'all who listen to the show a lot know that I, I love defense, but that type of play is my favorite kind of offense because it shows how you can use your body and manipulate space to create an opportunity. Ugh, it's fantastic. So anyway, read that article. If you haven't, if you didn't watch my reenactment on YouTube, I think you should watch it, right? I mean, leave a comment. Like how great was that? I, I honestly, you don't have to comment if you thought it was bad. No, I, I have fun with that stuff. I, you know, and Blake Bolden is doing this. First of all, love Blake Bolden. We all know that it should be established, but Blake Bolden is doing this uh, segment with ESP, yeah, ESPN, NHL on ESPN, where she's starting to break down stuff like that. Ah, oh, I love it. She has one of, uh, I think her last video was with Sidney Crosby actually. So Anyway, check that out. Coming up on Locked on Kraken, we're going to hear from Jordan Eberle, the amazing backhand king for the Seattle Kraken. He's doing amazing work offensively, really opened up offensively, and I do think some of that has to do with being with, well, veneers. Anyway, we're going to hear from him on World Juniors because our own Shane Wright was named captain, not alternate captain. He is the captain of Team Canada. We're going to talk about that. You'll get a quote from Shane Wright. You'll hear what Eberly had to say about his World Juniors experience, and then I'll let you know how you can watch. So Team Canada and a lot of the other teams, they had pre-tournament games, and there'll be some later this week that will be carried on network TV. That's what's coming up on Locked on Kraken. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Kraken. It's a game day, baby. We got to get this win against St. Louis. Now, they're no slouch of a team, and neither are we. So let's get after it. I want to see a big win, but let's talk a little bit about World Juniors through the eyes first of Jordan Eberly, the backhand king. So what was your advice for the scrutiny he's about to go under? <laughs> um, I mean, it's definitely gotten a lot heavier since I've left with obviously the the adage of social media. There was no Twitter. There was no 
Instagram when I played, so we didn't have to deal with that. It was more so on a TSN, you know, media, just camera basis. But, um, you know, it, it's, 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 for me, it's just, as a Canadian, it was always a tournament that, um, you, you know, you dream of playing in the NHL, but, you know, stepping stones to that, you dream of playing in the World Juniors. So um, I was obviously super excited to get the invite, and I think the biggest thing for, for him that he has to try and do is enjoy it. If you enjoy it as much as you can, enjoy the experience, enjoy the pressure of playing in, in Canada, for Team Canada, um, you know, you, 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 the best will come out of you, and, and that's the biggest thing for me. Is it? It's a quick tournament; goes by fast. You don't play many games, and um, just try and sit back and enjoy the you know the atmosphere, the the energy of the games. I think for me, it's still one of the funner or the funner funnest tournaments to watch. Uh, you know, just based on how hard the kids are going, the big hits, the, the celebrations. That's the stuff that kind of you know makes you viewership high. So. Um, you know, just enjoy the experience. You mentioned the, the media screen. I saw on Twitter that they introduced Team Canada with an event with their fans, and they all came out. Was that the case when you were with the team? I don't remember that kind of stuff. Um, you know, for me, it was more you know camp happened, um, and then we as a team went to uh, in Ottawa. We went to an Army base, and then in in, in uh, Saskatoon the next year, we did some other stuff just as a team to try and bond a little bit. And then it was kind of right into our own little bubble as far as you know at the hotel and then and back to practice. So um, you know you, you gain relationships there that obviously you're playing with guys you play against maybe OHL, WHL, and in Ryder's case, I'm sure he knows a lot of the guys. Um, you know, you, you gain a close bond, you're with them for like a month at the hotel and you're with them every day. So especially when you win, it becomes even closer. So, um, you know, try and have as much fun as you can. And, and uh, I know there's obviously a lot of pressure put on the Maple Leaf in Canada, but, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of passion behind that. And I'm sure for him, you know, he's pretty excited to, I know he's wearing the C as well. So he's, he's going to have a good time. So that's uh, Jordan Eberle talking, of course, about his experience with World Juniors. He's got the can you believe it goal, or at least the Canadian version of that, I guess. Um, but it was kind of fun as I was preparing for this to look at some of the footage of when Eberle was with it playing in World Juniors and, you know, little baby face. And of course, now he's a father of two. So, um, but what he said is true. This is going to be a time where people are, are focused in on, you know, juniors, uh, young talent in the pipeline. Of course, not just from Canada, but you also heard that he dropped the news. Shane Wright to captain Team Canada at the 2023 IIHF World Junior Championships. Now, everything will get started officially on Boxing Day. As many Canadians know, that's December 26th. I know it as the uh, first day of Kwanzaa. Oh, as a matter of fact, happy third day of Hanukkah for those who celebrate. I'm, I didn't mention that at the top of the show. But um, here's what... Shane Wright had to say about being named captain of Team Canada. I am grateful for the opportunity to represent Canada on home ice at the World Juniors, and it is a true honor to be named captain on a team with so many great players and leaders. Now, he was named captain along with alternates Ethan Del Mastro, Nathan Gaucher, Dylan Gunther, and Logan Stankovin. Shane Wright goes on to say, Ethan, Nathan, 
Dylan and Logan are deserving of this recognition, and I look forward to contributing to the team's success with them as part of the leadership group. We are excited to play in front of Canadian fans in Halifax and Moncton as we look to defend gold. So I'm excited, especially because we can tune in for the last tune-up before the real deal and the preliminary round. So Canada played uh, Switzerland yesterday, and Shane Wright did score. I believe he had a goal last I checked. I didn't look at the final box score. but um, And then we will be able to watch them take on. Um, they're going to be playing, I believe they're playing Slovakia. But these games, uh, or I should say that um, the NHL Network announced that there will be exclusive 2023 IIHF World Junior Championships coverage. Um, and and there will also be on-site coverage of the Winter Classic. Okay, we kind of figured that last one. I don't know why they put these together. That's weird. Anyway, as far as what we can watch for World Juniors, so the, pre the pre-competition games, USA versus Sweden at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. And then, yes, Canada versus Slovakia pre-competition that's going to be 6 30 p.m eastern time on nhl network and uh the final pre-competition match that nhl network is holding is holding excuse me is switzerland versus sweden that's at 2 p.m on friday december 23rd 2 p.m eastern canada's first game is against czechia on boxing day as i mentioned monday december 26th at 6 30 p.m eastern time if you're looking for the united states they're playing latvia at 4 p.m eastern standard time then um the the usa and canada both play on wednesday december 8th usa taking on slovakia and canada taking on germany that's again at 4 p.m 6 30 p.m eastern time and it goes on and on. I will make sure to keep you updated. I will be right here with you throughout the holidays. I took yesterday off and I had a, uh, a day off last week. So we are here five days a week. And, you know, we'll have a few fun things that we'll do as we uh, get ready for the holidays. Again, Hanukkah has started. Kwanzaa starts when World Junior starts. And, of course, Christmas is December 25th. That's our show, folks. We got to get ready for game day. Like I said, I recorded before morning skate, so we don't know who's going to start in net. I kind of hope it's Philip Grubauer just, again, for that consistency. I think there is time for us to see that tandem, and we will see it. But let's give let's give Gruby some reps. Uh, he was at an 8-8-2 save percentage against Winnipeg. A lot of the guys felt he he played really, really solid. And again, I think Jonesy was losing steam a little bit. He put in a higher workload than I think anyone thought he was going to when we signed him. So I'm okay with this for now. We'll see what happens down the road. You know what we say, especially on a game day. We hold fast. We stay true. And let's go cracking. Happy game day. Be kind to yourself and to each other. I will catch you on social media when we get some of the updates for today's game and, of course, with my post-game reactions. And then, of course, we'll talk about it all tomorrow on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Kraken. Peace.